Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 72 of Radio 815. I am Matt Crandall, your co-host here, as always, with my co-host, Marcelo Inostroza, as we continue to take a look at the works of writer, director, producer J.J. Abrams and his extended Bad Robot universe. We have been doing a Lost rewatch. I keep saying we're in the home stretch, but oh boy, are we actually in the home stretch. Today, we're going to be talking about episode 615 and 616. Next week will be our last Lost episode. So as we kick this off, it is episode 15, Across the Sea, written by Carlton and Damon, that finally gives us the backstory of two mysterious figures. Marcelo, would you ever want to give birth on the island? And why the hell is CJ Craig murdering people who she just met? First of all, I would never want to give birth on this island. And secondly, when I saw the woman who sired Jacob and the men in black, I was like, holy shit, that's CJ Craig. What the hell is she doing here? I found this episode to be very, very interesting, but in the back of my mind, I said to myself, okay, if you wanted to tell this story, what you could have done is this. You could have told uh, Jacob's story and the Man in Black story all throughout the season. All you would have had to do is taken out that ridiculous subplot of those stupid people in that temple and replace it with this storyline. I feel if we would have seen this storyline or or if we would have seen Jacob and the Men in Black as they were children sprinkled throughout the season along with the flash forwards, I think that this season would have played so much better. But the other thing that I kept wondering, how did CJ Craig, for the lack of a better word, end up on the island? How does she know what the light is? And why does she know that one child from a woman that she's never seen before is going to be the end of everything, basically. How do you know this? Do you have a psychic connection to the person that actually built the island? Or are you fucking crazy? That was like my primary thing that was running through my head throughout this entire episode. What did you think about that, Matt? I agree that I was really confused. Obviously, this is supposed to be a hard-hitting episode that fills in a bunch of the mystery they have set up. And by the end of it, it's going to answer a question that fans online did have, but wasn't one of my lost nagging questions, was who were those two bodies in the cave in earlier seasons, which this explains. We don't know who Alice and Janney is, how she got to the island, and even when we find out that she is there as the protector of the heart of the island, we still don't actually understand what that is or why. That is left up in the air. I did like that this woman, Claudia, we don't really know much about her, but she gives birth and the first one is Jacob and then his twin brother comes along. Jacob is wrapped in a light color blanket. The twin gets a dark color blanket, which again is going towards Lost had that tie-in book, Bad Twin. So this is If you've read that, then immediately you're saying, oh, Men in Black and Jacob are twins, bad twin, one of them's bad. But what's curious to me is CJ, I'm just going to call her CJ because it's easier. CJ kills Claudia after the second baby is born. And we aren't quite sure why. And at first you think, oh, it's because she knows this kid is bad. But actually what we find out as we see Jacob and his brother growing up at different stages is that man in black is the one that the mother actually likes. She thinks he is the special one, not Jacob. So she immediately is more drawn to him, but he rebels more as they grow up. No shade. No shade to Mark Pellegrino, who I think does do a very good job. But as this episode was going on and we get young man in black and young Jacob, and I thought both the kids were great. But when we go to their 
older self and Jacob is dealing with his mother and worried about his brother, I really don't know why, but everything Mark Pellegrino was doing and Jacob was kind of obtuse about a lot of stuff reminded me of Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder playing Simple Jack. So it really bugged me, which again, this episode is supposed to solidify the stakes and show us that Man in Black is somehow this evil force. But all it does is make me actually like Man in Black more. As he's growing up, he recognizes that their mother is not truthful. He can see ghosts on the island and he communicates with his mother and he feels betrayed that that is not his real mother his real mother was murdered he is going to install the wheel he's doing all of this stuff and i don't ever feel like he is a true bad guy and the most bad guy like thing is that jacob knocks him out and sends him down the river into the heart of the island that then does turn him into the black smoke monster but up until that point i'm like you know what everything man in black is doing is not evil or terrible it's all relatable and jacob is just following blind orders of his mother who we don't know her intentions it was weird to me that this episode if anything made me like man in black more and made me feel like he got a raw deal i do think that he got a raw deal because if cj preferred the man in black over jacob why did she crush his head when he took her down to that pit where he showed her that they found the sort of heart of the island what proof does cj have that the man in black is actually bad she has none. If we saw another individual whispering in CJ's ear, that may have given her actions some credibility, but her actions don't have any credibility. She just did it for doing it. So on that angle, I do agree with you. This episode made Jacob look m more like the villain than the man in black did. I don't know what the writers of this episode were trying to say or or were trying to achieve the one thing that i thought the light is basically all of mankind's goodness how it got there why it's there i have no fucking idea for you to say okay this light is everything good in the world and if it turns off basically the world is going to turn into one giant fucking hell pit and we're all going to kill each other i'm like eh, no you guys could have done better than that. But then again, I go back to my original argument. How did Alice and Jenny get there? How did she find out about the light? And how does she know that one child, that this woman that came on the island is bad? She has no prior knowledge of that. So how does she know that? Either she has somebody talking to her, the, the real person that made the island, or she's fucking crazy. When Boy in Black sees his real mother and she says, I am your mother, that's not your mother. This is kind of like the first time somebody's having an encounter with the Whisper people. So like maybe their mother was the first one who is trapped on the island. He tells Janny like, I'm going to go back home across the sea. You killed my real mother. We don't belong here. She says like, you'll never be able to leave. So I don't know why he won't be able to leave. And when they do show that cave, the heart of the island, and she says, this is the goodness. There's a little bit of it in every person. It's like, okay, this is like some sort of well of souls and every man gets like a little piece. But the only confusing thing to me is that if that is where the goodness of the world is kept, why would going into that place be a fate worse than death? that would then turn you into a black smoke monster. Wouldn't it make more sense if you went in there that somehow it wouldn't corrupt you it would be the opposite because if that's all the goodness passing through it why would that strip you of any humanity I don't I just don't understand that concept fully and obviously we are only spending 40 minutes in this catch up that we can't fully understand it. I found that 
a little bit odd that there wasn't some sort of yin-yang thing where like this is the heart of the island with the glowing light and that if there was some other spot that was like the darkness of the island if that was where man in black had gone after he got knocked out and that is how he turned evil it would make more sense but it's just weird to me that you pass through all of the goodness and it turns you bad they could have made the well the opposite of the light on the island. But you went down an angle that I didn't consider. Why in the hell going in towards the light make you into a bad person? Does the light know what kind of person is going in there? Does the light, when you go in there, if you're a bad person, does that light, you know, sort of take away any goodness that you have left in you and just make you into a bad person out of spite? <sighs> Again, this concept could have been explored a lot better if they had decided to tell this story in conjunction with the Flash Sideways story. If they forgo that bullshit ridiculous story with the other people in the Inca cave that's somewhere on the island that we've never seen before, if they replaced that with this and told us this story throughout the beginning of the season, we would have a better understanding of how they grew up as children and how the light works. The mother makes Jacob the protector by making him drink and she says now you and I are the same but after that we see that she has done terrible things because she destroyed man in black's camp because he went to go live with the other people who came on the island and she kills all of them she's doing really bad things and then attacked her son knocked him out kills his friends and then he comes to kill her and of course Jacob only shows up at the end and reads it as a flat out unjustified murder but what we've seen is is kind of the like we understand why he's doing this and it makes sense because the mother has done terrible things but i did love that when he does kill her she says thank you and i just thought that was so curious a weird moment the whole smoke monster thing happens and then now that the brother is the smoke monster jacob does take his actual body back and puts it beside his mother and those are the two bodies that were in the cave and we cut back to those scenes from season one or season two and get that definitive answer and the clip of Locke saying this is our very own adam and eve and again they had the white and the black rocks and we see man in black and jacob playing their game together which is all the and visual stuff that has been throughout all of Lost, but I feel like this was on the list of things I needed answered. Who the bodies were, what the stones mean, was way down on the list. The explanation of who Jacob is is not as satisfying as I would want it to be or as definitive because the heart of the island and what that is and how it functions is so vague. This is a functional episode that makes me care a bit more about both Jacob and Man in Black but still is so ambiguous that I'm a little bit iffy on it. Yeah, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm a better writer than Damon Lindelof or Carlton Cuse. I'm not going to do that because I'm not that stupid. But I, as I was watching this episode, I was taking the pieces of it and I was figuring out how I could make this work. And I shall save that until next week. I think that this episode was a little bit too late in the game. And this episode didn't really answer or give me satisfaction as to what the island is or as to what Jacob's story is or as to what the Man in Black story is. Because as you guys know, at this point, I'm not here for that. I'm already ready to crash into the iceberg. 
I don't really care what happens. I just want to get to the iceberg. Yeah, I kind of feel you are right that it's part of it is just the positioning in the season. Like if this was episode five before all of the lighthouse and all of this other stuff starts going, then I might care more or find it a little bit more satisfying knowing who Jacob and Man in Black are before all those other dominoes start to fall. So I do feel like if it had come earlier, it would have hit harder as it is. It's just it's fine, but it's not as interesting or dynamic as episode 16, what they died for, which finally accelerates the end game of what these candidates are going to have to do and having someone actually have to take over for Jacob by the episode's end and the flash sideways really ramps up and starts to cook with some gas before we head into the finale. Marcelo, how did you like what they died for and were you satisfied with the answer of what they died for? Yeah, I was. I was. I thought I thought the scene where Jacob finally basically said everything and got everybody together around a fire and told them that he selected them for a specific reason because their lives weren't perfect and they were actually looking for purpose and that's the reason why he brought them here i thought i thought that was wonderful i'm like dude if you were this honest from the beginning then i wouldn't hate you right now i don't love the way that he was written i just think that he was so poorly underwritten that this this moment would have played so much better if he was better written in my opinion but i did like getting some answers and i did like the fact that the star of the show and the leader of our losties since day one volunteered the highlight of this episode for me was the flash sideways story where john you know is finally back to the school after being run over by desmond and this version of ben discovers that desmond is still at the school and is about to hit and is about to hit lock again with his car and Desmond basically kicks the shit out of this version of Ben. And when he does that, this version of Ben in the Flash Sideways starts getting flashes of our Ben from our timeline. And I really, really like that. Also, I really like the fact that alternate John Locke finally admits to himself that he does want to change and he doesn't want to be in the chair anymore. And he actually goes to Jack and he says, I don't want to be in this chair anymore. I want you to fix me. It's funny how this season has been structured because first couple of episodes, Flash Sideways, a lot of fun. Middle batch, Flash Sideways is tedious. And now Flash Sideways is cooking with gas and is the most entertaining part of the episodes. And I just love that we do see in the Flash Sideways, Jack and Claire and David have a scene. Jack is looking at his mysterious neck wound. I love that when Ben gets beaten up, it then leads to him having a dinner with Rousseau and Alex. And he does have some of these memories that are coming back. But I love when he's helping clean up the dinner table and Rousseau is telling him like, you know, it's been great that you have been there for my daughter because her father died when she was young and you're kind of the closest thing to a father figure she has. And he gets choked up and it's a really sweet moment for somebody that is a weasel in the other timeline to have this moment where he gets choked up and we almost get choked up was really nice as Desmond is rounding everybody up. And when you see him get thrown in the cell in between Kate and Saeed, I'm like, this is so great. It's on their escape, basically turning into some sort of like mission impossible episode by the end where he gives Kate a night dress and is like, we're going to a concert. Come on. And they get in a flashy car. I love that. But that lock scene where Locke has finally come around and wants the surgery and he is laying it out to Jack saying like all of these things. 
can't be a coincidence. And Jack is like, no, they are. They are just a coincidence. It's not fate or something. But seeing that old side of John Locke, that everything must be happening for a reason, was just great. It was such a nice callback that now these two are back in a familiar spot man of science man of faith but i just love it and it just feels so right as everybody is getting back together and i love that hugo is the one who helps desmond out and seeing people start to remember bits and pieces is so exciting as we still aren't sure what this flash sideways is all leading to but now that it's just assembling the gang and getting them together it is great and that highlight was that lock and jack scene and that nice sweet moment that ben has and And I love that the sweet Ben moment is intercut with piece of shit Ben on the island as Widmore and Man in Black have their standoff and it results in Ben killing Charles Widmore. Finally, putting an end to this, luckily Man in Black gets the information he needs out of Widmore. He whispers it to him so that we don't really hear it and we're held in mystery of wondering what is said until the very end regarding why Widmore felt it was important to bring Desmond to the island and Man in Black now knows that Saeed did not kill Desmond. Desmond is still on the island and Man in Black is trying to move into phase two of his plan now that everyone he tried to kill knows that he tried to kill them but I loved seeing Ben just go along with him and be the turncoat and kill Widmore which was really satisfying and I loved when Zoe got her throat cut because I couldn't stand her when Charles Whitmore got shot by Benjamin, I kid you not folks at home, I cheered. I mean, that could tell you what kind of a dark sense of humor I have. But you know, this episode really felt like Carlton and Damon and all of the other writers who were involved with this season were putting pieces on a chessboard and they said, okay, folks, we're going to go to war and our soldiers are mounting up now. That is what this episode felt like to me. Granted, when Desmond gave Kate that dress, I was like, Oh shit, I know where I know where we're going and I love what's going to happen next. So granted, I know where we're going. I'm just so excited to get there now and I'm so happy that we're here. I'm kind of sad, but I'm happy that we're here now. Yeah, it's been a long journey to get here and seeing that the on-island stuff especially feels like we're laying it all out because we only have two hours to go really is thrilling and I love seeing Smoke Monster attack Richard and then when Jacob does come back after we see young Jacob steal the ashes from Hurley, older Jacob is there and says to Hurley like, It's time to stop screwing around. We're getting down to business. By the time this fire goes out, somebody has to have succeeded me. And then when he shows up and Hurley thinks that he's the only one who can see him at first. And then Jack and Kate and Sarah are like, no, we we fucking see this guy. (laughs) So I love that. Okay, somehow Jacob has now been able to reveal himself to everyone. You mentioned it earlier where he tells them, the reason I brought you here is because your lives were shit. You were all struggling. Kate saying, you know, why was my name crossed off? And he said, it was just because you were a mother. So I took you out of the running but it was just chalk on a wall if you want the job it is yours that doesn't actually mean anything i brought you all here because you were worthy candidates i only eliminated you because this thing i felt was more important but now we're at a point where i just need someone to take over because i'm not strong enough to protect the island and we are getting into the man in black's endgame so we need someone to step up as sawyer looks around he knows that it's not going to be him and of course jack takes the lead role and says, I will do it. I can fix this. I can fix this situation. So I will step up. Jacob 
gets him to drink and says, now you are like me, just like his mother had said in the previous episode. So I like the symmetry of those two moments being the same. Jack doesn't know what he's protecting, really. So I'm sure that there's more information that he's going to get that we might not see. But I love as this passing of the torch and Jack taking the mantle and rising up to this importance. When Jacob just says, your existence is before. We're miserable. This is going to be a higher calling and you should be glad to answer it, but I can't force you. You have to want to do it. And so I love that moment where Jack steps up, Jacob telling him like, you must do this as long as you can. Now you are like me. We're just really great moments in that on island. So that cut back and forth with the Desmond getting the troops together in the flash sideways made the end of this episode super exciting as we lead into the last two hours of Lost. So I'm really excited for us to get there with all the emotion that came up in this episode unexpectedly on me next week. I know I'm just going to cry my eyes out. (laughs) Even though I've been kind of holding back and thinking like, am I going to still feel that way when we get to the end of it? And now I'm like, yeah, probably. You can feel secure in that you're not going to be the only one on this podcast losing their mind, crying like an imbecile. Because like I alluded to before, when Desmond gave Kate that dress, I know exactly what's coming. Even when I saw Desmond give Kate that dress, I started crying even then. So I can't even imagine what's going to happen to me next week. You guys are going to have to forgive me. When we first started this season, I was like a person lost in the woods but now I kind of feel strangely like I found myself and I I found a a way of liking the season way more than I did when we started the season like I don't know where that's coming from but I think the thing that turned me around on this season is because the flashbacks were so good at the tail end so I think that that has pushed me to liking the season way more than I initially did when we started the season. Yeah, I agree. And it's only been in the last few weeks that, you know, in the middle there, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to regret having done this rewatch or not. And now it's like, no, I won't regret it because this show is still fucking amazing. And even if the middle of this season felt aimless and saggy, we're going to end on a high because things are really ramping up and I'm super excited. Next week, guys, if you are watching along is the end. It is the end, not only of Lost, but of our rewatch. And I'm sure that will be an epic conversation as we take a look at that two-hour finale. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Like, rate, follow, subscribe. Do anything you can to let people know about the show if they are into Lost. And if they're not, we got other stuff coming up shortly after we wrap this. So if you have any friends who love any of the J.J. Abrams, Bad Robot kind of stuff, give them a heads up. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter at JJUniverse815 or tweet using the hashtag Radio815. I am on Twitter at Matt Crandall. Marcelo, Twitter's a good spot. Where can the people reach you? I'm at Creek for 88. So until next time, thanks so much for listening. Radio 815, over and out. Radio 815 is a Balloonhead Productions presentation in association with Killer Newt Productions.